The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with, with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed. From her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We live under a delusion. We believe that we are free, all the while we have become slaves to either outside influences or we are in bondage to our own sin, or in some way those two things work together. In the name of freedom, we have bound ourselves to socially acceptable norms, popular ideas or aesthetics, and conventional thinking. Though we are surrounded by uh, all the different choices that we think we're making and we believe we are free to make them, we are in fact often held hostage by what others think of us or the sacrifices that such a free choice might make later on down the road. So the delusion is this. We think that we're free, but we're actually bound by conventions often unseen and unnoticed. There is an alternative. As Christians, we can acknowledge our lack of freedom. It's one of the first things we say uh, before our worship service even begins. We can come to peace with that lack of freedom. We admit that we are, to some degree at least, in bondage to our sin, and we are unable to free ourselves. We have therefore become not only disciples of Jesus, but slaves of Jesus Christ, willfully. We freely acknowledge that we are not wholly free, and we are totally fine with that. So then it appears 
that the most free person is the one who knows that he is not free, and the least free person is the one who thinks they still are. I think of that because I cannot help but to hear the voice of the critic when I read some of our gospel passages and the one this morning in particular. Yes, the annoying lens of the culture and the voice of the godless, they impose their worldview onto our sacred texts. In other words, the thought police have gotten to me. The text this morning, uh, if the thought police are in your head as well, you may have noticed the same thing. Listen again to what the angel Gabriel says to Mary after she expresses surprise that she, a young maiden, could possibly be pregnant with a child. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Well, doesn't sound like Mary has a whole lot of freedom in this venture. She's not exactly given, you know, her consent. She will be pressed upon by a powerful spirit, and she will be overshadowed. This sounds, once again, like a man telling a woman what to do or what will happen to her against her will. Poor Mary. She's nothing but a vessel for God to use as he sees fit, not what she would like. And this continues then the patriarchal and oppressive pattern we see in all of the scriptures where men dictate all of the terms and the women simply must comply. I can see how the feminists can get so worked up. But is that what is happening? What does it mean, for example, to be overshadowed? In our common usage of that word, it means to be upstaged or to be replaced or to be ignored, uh, to be covered, to be hidden so as to just get totally lost and no longer matter at all. But I don't think that is the biblical meaning. Rather, this is like a cloud covering, not unlike and maybe exactly like the kind of cloud covering that Moses experienced when he went up on the mountain and communicated with God and was given the law. This is the kind of glory, then, this kind of overshadowing of glory. The, it's not a biblical word, but Shekinah glory is the word that's often used to describe the glory of God manifest on earth that Mary may have experienced, something that we will almost certainly never experience in the same way. And the benefit to Mary was quite the blessing, I, I hope we can all agree. She would be the mother of God. She would bear in her very own body the Son of God. She would raise him and care for him and have an intimacy with Jesus that is beyond our comprehension. She was the only mother on earth who would ever have a child who did not sin. Can you imagine what that might be like? No stealing cookies from the cookie jar, no, no calls from the police late at night or what have you. Yes, she had to watch him die a cruel death, a death she knew was all the more cruel because she knew how good he was and how innocent he was of sin. But she also was one of the very few people on earth who witnessed the empty tomb. 
To summarize the blessings, Gabriel tells Mary that the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. So we would say that's a pretty fair trade-off, right? You know, she, she has the Spirit of God visit her. She'll be overshadowed, which means she'll be covered in glory. She'll be the mother of the Son of God. But, you know, she's sort of, you know, not exactly asked if this is okay. And with all of these blessings, I am quite certain there might be churches all over America this morning given this very sermon where some would regard Mary as nothing but a victim, a tool in an oppressive system. You see, even if her bearing Jesus would bring about the greatest possible good for the most possible people, Her being overshadowed by a powerful spirit is still seen as a net negative. It's an offense to her person. Because today, you see, freedom is prized above all. The freedom to do what you want. The freedom to wear what you want. The freedom to go where you want. The freedom to buy what you want. The freedom to date who you want. The freedom to work where you want, or to not work at all. And of course, the freedom to believe what you want. Well, my question is simple. Who is more free? The person who denies God and therefore believes that they are free from oppression, to live life on their own terms, separated from God, or the likes of Mary, who recognize the power and the goodness of God and choose to live by the mercy of his grace. Who is more free? I hope the answer is obvious, but it isn't, even to those of us who should know better. For the temptations to become the world's slaves are so sophisticated that they often escape our own notice. People who should have You know, radars and red lights flashing when the world comes to us and says, hey, follow me and not Jesus, follow me and not Jesus, follow me and not Jesus. Buy our product and you'll look the way that you deserve to look. Well, then we become slaves to the clothing or the makeup or the cosmetic surgery industries. Look at these influencers traveling the world. You should do the same. So we incur debt to live a lifestyle that we cannot afford Because influencers say we should, and we're missing out if we don't. Listen to this music, it's cool. Watch this movie, it's a can't miss. Listen to this podcast, or you're missing out. Over and over again, we're told what to do, and then we believe that we are freely doing it. Maybe we're not as free as we think. And that's just the consumer end of things. Think of the bigger messages that come our way about what we ought to believe or maybe what wars uh, our nation should be engaged in and why we're engaged in them. Propaganda is a relatively new phenomenon in human history, of course, because of the advances of technology and mass media. Wasn't known, I mean, there's always been propaganda to one degree or another, but it's certainly uh, gotten a lot more sophisticated in the past 100 years. The genius behind what is now called public relations, he wrote a book by that name, is a man by the name of Edward Bernays. 
also wrote a book called Propaganda in 1928. So he laid it all out. It's no secret. It's no conspiracy theory. His work was seminal in understanding how people could be herded like cattle into believing, supporting, or buying any number of ideas or wars or products. One of his first big accomplishments was getting women to buy cigarettes because it would give them independence. They could be powerful like men if they would smoke. And it was unfashionable at the time for women to smoke, but wouldn't you know, within a few years in the mid-20s, women were smoking. He was Sigmund Freud's nephew, of all things. So maybe he had some unique insights at his disposal, how people could be persuaded or guilted or manipulated into doing things or buying things that they otherwise would not. Indeed, he worked closely with our own government and the CIA for years, not to mention many corporations. Newfound observations about mass psychology made human beings subject to very powerful forces. And we have all fallen prey. Still to this day, I've tried to give a few examples, but if we pay more and more attention, we'll see more and more how our own thinking has fallen prey to powerful and ubiquitous messaging. Indeed, for all you know, I'm a master of propaganda right now. Maybe you're all following me, you're all believing what I have to say. Which is why even those of us who believe that we're free, we're not as free as we think we are. You see, if we just go through life as a mere consumer, a robot programmed by the culture that the world produces, you are not free. You're just a hungry human caterpillar going from one leaf to the next, devouring the slop that the world produces, believing that we're free and believing that you're happy. You are, though, on the broad road to hell, the popular path of least resistance, believing that what the world has to say and buying what the world has to sell. Meanwhile, Christians who question maybe the narrative are looked down upon because we have, like Mary, set aside all of the freedom that we could be enjoying to do the will of God. For freedom is not, you see, the ultimate goal of the Christian. Freedom is not the end. Freedom is a good thing. It's a, a good that we pursue socially so that we have the freedom to be virtuous. Mary was less free, you might say, than the average American teenager today. But she was more free in other respects. For a life doing God's will is a life at peace. It's a life in harmony with your creator. Maybe she didn't always get to do what she wanted to do, but she had the satisfaction of knowing she was doing what God would have her do. Which is better? So was Mary a victim when God blessed her and she was able to do God's will in such an intimate way? Well, by the world standards, yes. But through the prism of God's grace, absolutely not. Indeed, she was truly blessed. Our challenge is to shed the many lies 
that are spoken to us by the world. The standards that have been set for us, the norms that are far from normal, the art and music and culture that is actually sick and rotten and ugly. Yes, we must shed that and see the world that is promoted in God's world, the life that is good, the life that is far better living in the way that God would have us live. Does that reduce some of our freedom? Absolutely. But the freedom to be a slave to the lies of the world is not really freedom at all. In fact, Jesus says, whoever sins is a slave to sin. Might we instead pursue the path of Mary, who when God comes to her and says, receive this blessing, she said yes. Might we do the same? Amen.